listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 32, and uh, if the acoustics sound a little bit different, uh, it's because I'm recording from a local uh, co-working um, facility here in the town that I live in, and um, so there might be a little bit of background noise and uh, might sound a little different, but uh, I'm just really happy to have a nice little space to be able to record today. Uh, it gives a little uh, change of scenery, so uh, which is kind of a, a good process to take advantage of every once in a while. Uh, if you work from home um you know sometimes it's uh, it can be a situation where you kind of have the same thing over and over again you may have distractions and so forth you might get used to that but it's uh it's sometimes it's good to just break it up and uh, i'm trying to do this every week or two uh get out come down to one of the the co-working uh places down downtown um we have a couple to choose from and both are excellent and uh it's just it's a lot of fun you meet some good people and uh share some good ideas and uh, it also kind of just gives a little bit more motivation too uh this week uh we have some things we're going to talk about not a whole lot of follow-up that I can think of, Um, but uh, if there is follow-up, we'll just do it on episode 33. Um, But uh, really, uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention that's, it's kind of a news, not really current event because this happened a little while ago, Um, but uh, but I'll put the the link to the show notes, uh, or link in the show notes to this, but uh, this is kind of old news where uh, Guy Rambo got locked out of his developer account. Now, I don't know. We don't know really what uh, what caused this, but uh, there was something that Apple thought was uh, shifty going on there, and he got locked out of his account. Um, and so, if you if you want, you can read the read the uh, or his side of the story there on uh, his website. Um, but you know, I, one of the things that it says at the beginning is that it got resolved, that it had been fixed. And so that's that's good. That's nice that uh, that they that Apple resolved it and they were able to get the the situation fixed. Um, but there's one thing that I wanted to talk about that is actually kind of scary about this whole thing, which is that um, obviously Guy is a very high profile developer in the community. He has. Uh, um, you know, he's on the uh, podcast with John Sundell, uh, Stacktrace. Uh, he got hired to 9to5Mac because of his abilities in spelunking. Um, he's a very talented developer and uh, also has the developer of AirBuddy and um, also the, the WWDC uh, unofficial app for Mac. Uh, so he has a lot of experience, does a lot of good things for the community. Um, but the really the thing that I thought was dangerous or of concern is the fact that um, that uh, he he's so high profile, and it took him going out in public and making this uh, known and uh, getting everyone behind him. It wasn't until that 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 Apple was able to or willing to work with him to get this resolved. So why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because most of us are not in Guy Rambo's shoes. <laughs> most of us uh, are just 
average developers either working on our own products or maybe we're working as a consultant or we're we're working on our uh, client projects. Um, we we have our own projects going on. Uh, so that in this particular situation, it's scary to me because I kind of I, I basically thought, well, what if that happened to me? Um, if I got shut out of my account, that means that I my livelihood uh, would be stopped, um, and and with very little recourse or way to to solve it, especially in the case where it sounded like they weren't working with him, um, and so. I, this to me is, is kind of a red flag. And, uh, I, I get very concerned when I hear about, uh, cases like this. I'm very glad that it worked out for, for Guy because, um, in his case he was able to get it rectified. Uh, I, he, he probably made it public enough and made, uh, it known enough in the community that, uh, that they were able to come forward and, uh, I mean, even, I think even, uh, John Gruber talked about this, right? So, uh, so the, 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 uh, the story got fireballed in addition to all of the other publicity that he had. So it's, um, anyway, I, I don't know as if there's actually a solution to this, but the whole thing is a little scary to me. And I guess the moral of it is that I, I like I said, I don't know what caused them, uh, caused Apple to, uh, to red flag his account, but that's something that we need to be careful about as developers that we're not doing anything that would cause Apple to, uh, to close down our accounts because once we do that, then we're, we're in trouble. Um, so, um, Anyway, like I said, I don't think there's a, a necessarily a solution to this other than we, we need to keep our noses clean, so to speak, and uh, um, I guess rally together if there is a problem and, and, and help uh, Apple to do the right thing uh, when it seems like a, an injustice is being made. Um, anyway, that's enough for that. Uh, I, um, that's enough for the, the news and current events. The other thing that uh, I've been trying to do is give a progress update on the, the project that I'm working for. The, to me, this is sort of like a, uh, a sync meeting or a stand-up uh, for my particular product, uh, which I've I'm calling currently Transformation. Um, I don't really have any major announcements. Well, I guess the thing that I'm about to say is kind of major. Um, I do think I'm going to be switching gears. I'm, I'm early enough in the, in the development process and design process that, uh, I can switch to Swift UI. And I think uh, given what I've seen lately, um, and f from what I've been reading, uh, it, I think really we need to be thinking about in terms of what can we do in the future going to Swift UI. Uh, so in, in this case, I don't have enough built uh, to necessarily justify keep going with uh, UIKit only. Um, I think I need to make the switch to Swift UI. I think it'll be beneficial for me as a developer and also for the product going forward. I'm not targeting anything under iOS 13. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, I know that uh, Swift UI is in its infancy. It just got released last year at WWDC, and we'll have undoubtedly a new version of it this year. Um, but and hopefully they won't do such radical changes uh, akin to Swift two to three uh, in their Swift UI. But they've done it before, so I guess we'll see. Um, 
It's uh, it's early tech, but really, I think this is the direction that Apple is going and they want us to go. So it's only going to get better. It's only going to get richer. So it's now is a good time for us to get acquainted with it, to start using it. And uh, it seems like, you know, and since we've about three quarters of a year into using it, um, there's there's plenty of resources out there now. Uh, with uh, resources for us to be able to to learn SwiftUI and uh, based on a lot of the experience that's been gone through over the last few months, it is like the early days of Swift. And uh, but just like then, it was clear that Apple wanted us to go and start using Swift, even though there was a lot of pain involved with it. And uh, they wanted us to to follow that path, and uh, we can see now that that's definitely the right way to go, uh, using Swift for our uh, development language, and now um, migrating to Swift UI, and especially when you take into consideration uh, uh, watch developments, and which is something that I want to do uh, in addition to the iOS component of this app, is there's going to be a watch component too. So uh, having Swift UI in the mix is going to be super important. Uh, for me. So it, I think if anyone's doing any new development, it really behooves you to uh, take a look at Swift UI and see if that'll actually work for your use case. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was kind of a case study, and this is something that happened to me recently. Uh, what happened was I, was I needed to migrate a, a project from Swift 2 to Swift 5. And so um, Swift 2 obviously is, you know, years ago. And uh, so there wasn't any really clear way to do that migration, uh, especially on, on my machine. Thankfully, I haven't moved to Catalina yet, but I, so I'm on Mojave. Um, but I needed a way to get uh, the migration tools working for from Swift 2 to Swift 3. And of course, I just mentioned how bad that was, um, you know, in, in years past. But uh, so having to go back and experience that pain again was was not fun. So but then how do you do it? Um, so one of the solutions that uh, that came up and I, I just kind of thought this was I wanted to share this because if you're a consultant, if you have clients who maybe have an old code base and, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's been Swift 2 vintage and now here you are, you want to uh, bring them up to speed, bring them up to iOS 13 uh, using Xcode 11 and the current tools, uh, you can't just open a Swift 2 uh, project and just convert it. You can't do it. Um, what you actually have to do is run Xcode 8. Now, that sounds simple, except for the fact that Xcode 8 doesn't run on Mojave, the highest platform that it, or highest operating system for macOS that it runs on is High Sierra. So how do you do that? Well, one of the ways is you, maybe you have a High Sierra machine lying around, maybe. Um, I don't. So what I did was I ran a VM on Parallels uh, running High Sierra. So I had to create a new VM, had to uh, load up High Sierra, which is not an easy process to figure out how Apple wants you to do it. It's not straightforward. But once you get it, you can, it, you, it, you can make it happen. Um, but uh, there's some hoops to jump through. So the first step, create the VM in Parallels, then install High Sierra on it, get High Sierra up and running and configured. Then you need to install Xcode 8 and then use Xcode 8 to do the migration from Swift 2 to Swift 3. 
Um, and then once you're in Swift 3, then you can do the migration with Xcode. I think it was Xcode 10.1 let you go from 3 to 4. And then you could go from 4 to 5 with Xcode 11. Um, I, don't quote me on that. But to me, th- th- this, this, this discussion is really just about this getting over that hump from Swift 2 to Swift 3. And that was the real pain point. So I wanted to share this in case maybe there are people out there who are uh, developers that are either challenged with working with a an old code base that they now have to bring up into Swift 5 um, and they're currently running Mojave or Catalina, um, this is a good way that uh, you could you could um, approach this. And uh, I used Parallels. I'm, I'm sure you could use some of the other products uh, available uh, for running a VM, but for me, this, this seemed to work uh, the best since I already am using Parallels. So uh, hopefully that tip was uh, helpful to you. Uh, I don't really see there being another alternative or uh, solution to this. I, I don't really see any way around it because those the tools that do the migration only run on, on High Sierra. So you have to figure that one out. Um, what would be nice is if Apple provided a tool in Xcode that would help us to just migrate um, th- those versions from 2 to 5. Um, so I know that's unrealistic and it probably will never happen, but um, it would be nice if they had uh, actually provided that. So you could do you could bring any Swift project from an older version up to the current. But uh, that's too much to wish for at this point. Uh, so anyway, hopefully that tip will will help you and will get you over the uh, over any pain points that you might have in converting your your Swift project. Uh, one thing that I thought was really cool, and this is a tip that uh, I wanted to share because it uh, blew my mind. Um, because I have I, the project that I work on uh, for my uh, day job, my primary uh, client is it's a it's a very large project, and uh, it was taking me from about about 265 seconds to build in. Um, in Xcode. And uh, one of the things that another developer mentioned that helped him, and uh, now it makes sense why this would be a problem um, or um, it could be an issue, but uh, what he suggested was turn off your antivirus if you're running it. Turns out, because I have a different client that I have that's kind of an enterprise thing going on, uh, I have to have an antivirus installed on my machine. I don't have to run it 24 seven, but I do have to have it on my machine. So, um, so I was able to turn off the antivirus. It just suspending it was all I needed to do. And it was actually remarkable because it cut the build time down from 265 seconds down to 160. And so, uh, and, and I'm, I'm running on a 2015 MacBook pro. Um, so it's not, you know, super high powered machine. I do have 16 gigs of RAM, but uh, at any rate, it was it cut down the build time dramatically. So that's just a little tip. If you are running an antivirus and you don't need to keep it running, then try suspending it and see if it cuts down your build times. You may you may be uh, really surprised. The other thing that's kind of related to that is an education pick. Uh, that of the week. I have two, two picks for this week. Um, first of all, is uh, the, there are excellent tutorials by Paul Hudson, yet again. He always has excellent tutorials. 
uh, at Hacking with Swift, but this time it's on, really on his YouTube channel. Um, and it's called Xcode in 20 Seconds. So if you haven't seen this before, what it is, it's a collection of really great tips and tricks that focus on Xcode. And each tip is about, is I think, less than 20 seconds is what he likes to keep it to. Th- thus the name, Xcode in 20 Seconds. Um, but they're awesome, short tips and uh, a lot of times they're they're about things that you may or may not have known before. And uh, in fact, one of the things that I needed to do when I was going through this whole antivirus uh, issue was to f- actually measure my build time. And uh, he gives a nice little tip in there about how to turn that on and to be able to build your uh, to measure your build time. So uh, and there's several others in there, and uh, they're super helpful. Uh, things like um, faster testing filtering the jump bar, uh, let's see, jumping to a line, and uh, quick help. So that's just a few of the the tips that he has in there. The other pick that we have this week is the Cocoa Hub app. And I've been meaning to talk about this for such a long time. And uh, it's an excellent resource for iOS developers. And um, it's a, I, I look at it as a complimentary source of information to iOS Dev Weekly, the newsletter, which you should also be subscribed to. So uh, if you don't have it now, subscribe to iOS Dev Weekly, and then also download the Cocoa Hub app. And I think it's in beta, so you might need to do a search for it and then sign up for the test flight. Uh, sign up. Um, and I, I think it's, a, it's currently in beta, and it's an excellent app. And it's a curated list of, the, of articles and events and other things that are happening in, in the iOS world. And here's the great thing. You get notifications. And this is one of the, the aspects of the app that I really enjoy. And then I think in a future version, he's going to open it up so that they will have, um, you can have all every article and every item come through that will notify you uh, if you like being um, bugged by notifications. So uh, otherwise, only a few, only key ones will will come through. The ones that I think that they deem as being important um, will show up in your notification center. Um, so we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, otherwise, you can just search Google for Cocoa Hub app for iOS. And uh, yeah, it's a great resource for iOS developers. Okay, it looks like we've gone over time, but I think it was worth it because these were all things that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. And I think the last show was over a month ago. So I apologize for that. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to support the show, go to our Patreon page on uh, patreon.com forward slash iOS dev break. And uh, you can support us there. And uh, we really appreciate it. That concludes this episode, and we'll catch you on the flip side on iOS DevBreak. Thank you for listening to iOS DevBreak with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iOSDevBreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iOSDevBreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iOSDevBreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. 
If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side. iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. Thank you.